Hey guys, I am so excited to introduce our guest, Patty House, to you. We're going to be talking about building authority and visibility online. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. All right, before I introduce Patty to you, I wanted to talk a little bit about building authority, about visibility, and about showing up. And I'm prefacing all of this because Content Lab is open for registration again. I have a full page of information and a on-demand webinar for you to hear all about it. But if you are not convinced by the end of this episode that you have to do something to show up, you probably aren't the right match for that. So I'm going to preface all of that right here. Patty House is a conversion copywriter who is obsessed with understanding how people make decisions and how to use language to shape those decisions. Her data-driven approach to writing copy helps her clients increase conversions without sacrificing engagement and connection with their customers. She founded The Authority Project, an experiment that combined content marketing with data to develop a visibility strategy to promote her business. If you guys are longtime listeners of the show, you know that that is like speaking straight to my heart. So I'm really excited to dive into the interview with Patty now. Patty, welcome to the No Like and Dress show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I am so excited to have you. And I want to like start this out by saying I had no idea who you were a month or two ago. And I happened upon an article you wrote Copy hackers. Yeah. And I loved the whole premise of the article. And I want to start out by saying I loved it because I was 100% in your shoes at one point in time. I was like, no, no, no. I just, I just really want to do the thing that I'm good at. I don't want to do all the other stuff that goes with it. So with that said, I would love for you to do, you know, a little bit of an intro on how you came to embrace visibility. Sure. So I am a copywriter. And I've been copywriting for quite a while. And in, I think, 2017, I bought this course actually from Joanna from Copy Hackers. And it was really about like building your freelance business and attracting more clients and stuff. And one of the things she said was that you just need to increase your availability. You need to do guest blogging. You need to you know, figure out how to get your name out there. And I was like, you know, that's awesome. I'm totally going to do it. And I made like lists, lists, lists of places I was going to guest blog. And I made, you know, I must've had like 20 different Google docs filled with different blog ideas and outlines. And I did none of it. And then midway through 2018, Joanna had this you know, she decided to do a mastermind and I was like, I'm going to do this mastermind. And she asked, she actually had like an application process and she had an interview and I was asked, you know, so what are you prepared to do in order to really get the most out of this mastermind? I was like, I'm willing to do anything, like anything. I'm going to do it all. And then I didn't do it again. Like I (laughs) was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I did not do it. My comfort zone was extremely comfortable. I really wanted the benefits of increasing my visibility without actually increasing my visibility. So beginning of 2019 here, I've spent like literally a ridiculous amount of money, you know, five figures 
And I didn't do any of the advice I was given. So beginning of 2019, I was like, okay, well, you're either going to have to like figure this shit out or you're probably going to have to go back to corporate because whatever you're doing is not really working. And so I started what I called the authority project where basically I was just going to hold myself accountable and I was going to say yes to every single authority building opportunity came out that came across my desk. I was not allowed to say no, even when my first instinct was to say no, which it pretty much was every single time. And I was going to track the results because even though I kind of thought building authority was like this really good idea internally, I had this skeptic saying, you know, it's going to work for everybody else. You're going to be the only person in the whole world who this isn't going to work for. So that's kind of like the really long backstory of it. I love that you called out yourself that you committed to it twice. You invested five figures and you still weren't doing the work. And I think from an online marketer's perspective, you know, we hear things like the average course completion rate is less than 5%. And you're like, WTF, man, (laughs) Like, like how how are people spending all this money and then not doing the work? And I I think we've, we've all been there on both sides of it. If we're info product creators, at least. But you also called out the, the skeptical, you know, mindset that you're kind of still holding on to because someone has to be the exception. I mean, right? <laughs> I think I was, you know, on one hand, I was like, you know, it's like when you buy a treadmill and you're like, just owning a treadmill is going to totally make me into a runner, even though I use it more for like holding laundry than I do for actually working out. It was kind of like that. I, you know, I knew that I had to do it. But I also figured there was like, you know, I realized after spending a lot of money on this stuff that my problem was not really necessarily doing it. My problem was figuring out how to convince my mind to do it. So when you say your problem was convincing your mind to do it, right? So, so you committed to saying yes to any opportunity that came across your desk, but that's, that's assuming opportunities are already coming to you. And having read your blog article, you had some coming to you. And it wasn't necessarily that I actually had, you know, people specifically asking me to do anything because that was very rare. Like that actually never happened, but it was more like, for example, I had a ticket already to go to microconf in like April and I got an email from the organizers saying, Hey, we're doing attendee talks. And, you know, if you want to do one, this is how you do it. So it was more like, not, not necessarily looking out for, for the opportunities, although I did do that too, but it was more like, if I saw something, I forced myself to actually do it. Cause I didn't want to speak on stage. I did not want to put myself out there. I didn't want to go on podcasts. I was really comfortable just like being me and doing my thing and not increasing my visibility at all. I was totally fine with not being an, and you know, a, a well-known name, not that I'm a well-known name, but you know what I mean? I was totally fine with people saying Patty house, who the hell is she? I have no idea who that is. I was totally okay with that. I didn't have this like desire to become well-known or even a household name in a tiny little niche. So when you say that you previously said, you know, if you don't commit to this visibility situation, you'd probably end up having to go back to corporate. So you're saying that for you, it was more comfortable to go back to corporate than it was to say yes to some of these engagements? In a way. Yeah. I mean, I was very comfortable in corporate. I, you know, I was successful. I got promotions. I had good friends. Like I was comfortable in corporate, but I wasn't necessarily happy in corporate. So it was more like keep doing the things I enjoy doing as far as like 
making a living or go back to the corporate life and be really comfortable there. Gotcha. Okay. So that was January of 2019 when you said, okay, I am going to do this. Yes to everything. I'm going to seek things out. I'm going to apply it to them. When I hear about opportunities, I'm not going to say, oh, that's nice. I'm actually going to try. Right. (laughs) So from that time, how long was it until you started regularly showing up? Well, I would say I started sort of showing up immediately. And I would I would also say that for me, the last like it's like been two and a half years now has not been at all like I feel like I'm always on. Like I am very much a peaks and valley kind of a person. You know, I'll go really hard and then I'll be like, yeah, you know, my introverted self needs to take some time off. And I'm really understanding that it's okay to listen to that. You know, I don't have to necessarily go to, you know, well, pre-COVID. I don't have to go to a conference every single month and try to speak on stage. I can do that like two or three times a year and then supplement that with other things, you know, doing blog posts where, you know, maybe I'm increasing my visibility, but for me, it's a lot easier to write than to speak, if that makes sense. Oh no, it makes complete sense. You know, some people are so charismatic and they're wonderful on video and and I am not that person. So no, me neither. Me neither. You know, I understand that completely. Yeah. And then, you know, other people are are really great, you know, written. Other people do well with audio because the video aspect is, you know, taken away. But you know, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. And I would love to hear your perspective on this. But I think when it comes to visibility, we don't have to commit to being visible in every way at the same time. And and even the peaks and valleys thing, you know, like we can go for, you know, like sprints and then take a recovery period. Yeah. And for me, I'm discovering like one of the biggest things for me was to realize that when I go to a conference, like an in-person conference, I get home and I am exhausted. Like I love, actually love being with people. You would never meet me in person and say, oh, she's totally an introvert because I can show up. I can talk to people. But when I am done, like I am done, you know, and I get home off the plane and I need to usually take like a couple of days off where I don't have to have any meetings. I don't have to work. I just like snuggle with my dog. And, and that's, um, was one of the things I realized was that, you know, I have to listen to my body and my body is saying, no, go to the conference and then schedule a couple of days off to just chill. Yeah. Five years ago, I went to a conference. It was like an all weekend thing. And I knew that I was going to be all peopled out at the end. So I like made sure that that Monday afterwards I had nothing going. And I was like, I'll just hang out with my son. He was five at the time. And we'll just have like a cute little mom and Sunday at home. We'll like, you know, rent a movie or, you know, whatever. And I ended up throwing my back out at the conference on that Sunday. So I spent that whole Monday laying on the ground with my legs, like on the couch, like in this awkward position. And I was so pissed because I was like, no, 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 no. I did the self-care thing. I was trying to take care of my introvert self. And that one backfired, but it was a good lesson for me that, you know, even with the best laid plans, maybe one day after a conference isn't quite enough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you have to do two or three or a whole week. Like, I think it's okay to not hold yourself to these you know, rigid rules that we sometimes give ourselves. So you, you have good mechanisms in place for like taking care of yourself, even while you're showing up. And, and again, I've already said, I I like the peaks and valleys aspect of it. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on your growth or, or maybe, maybe you didn't grow out of it. Actually, that's, that's a good question too. 
how did your skeptical nature take care of like all of this throughout the the project, the year that you started and and then continued? Did you look at the results and say, oh, hey, I was wrong? Or did, do you continue to be skeptical? No, I'm not skeptical anymore. I've definitely have had enough kind of anecdotal evidence to show me that it, it 100% works. And not only that, that it makes the entire process way easier. Like when I meet with somebody who has read something I've written or they've heard me speak or whatever, it is so much easier to sign them as a client than if they just Google my name. You know, they're typically willing to pay my rates. Whereas a lot of times other people are, you know, if you've just Googled me, you might have like a $200 budget and, you know, you probably just can't afford me. Whereas somebody else who, who understands the value of what I'm doing, they've kind of already, maybe they like something I've written. They like my humor or whatever it is. They're just kind of already, they've already kind of decided that as long as it's like, you know, within their budget, they're totally willing to pay whatever it is. Yeah. There's a huge difference between cold traffic and pre-sold traffic, yeah. right? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I way back in the day, I was a, a wedding photographer and this is like, I'm really dating myself here at this point. Cause this is like before like the 2008 crash. And I remember I was in the car driving and this is when like the spam telebot, you know, call, yeah. calls started coming through. And it was like people who wanted to sell you SEO services. And one of them got me on the phone and they were like, we'd like to help you get more clients. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't want any, what you don't want more clients. And he's like, well, I don't want your clients. I don't want anyone that comes to me through a search engine. Cause they're not pre-sold on me. They're, they're too hard to work with. I don't want to deal with them. I want people who come from a referral. And you know, at the time that was a very valid business decision <laughs> today, maybe not quite so much, but it taught me way back then, long before I was in the marketing space that a client that comes to you already knowing what your values are and what you're about is going to be a much better working experience on both sides when you have that kind of trust layer pre-built. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think they're also more likely to kind of become your, or they, they come to you already as your ideal client. Like, you know, maybe they have, you know, they, they've already loved, if you're a photographer, they love your style and, you know, they've already kind of decided that you're the person for them. And I think that's something we kind of forget because we hear about cold traffic. We hear about SEO. And I definitely think that there is a place in the world for cold marketing, you know, for stuff like that. But, but I also think that it is a harder hill to climb. Much harder. And you have to catch such a, I guess a wider net is probably the, the, the better way to talk about it. So uh, my friend, Krista Potter said recently in a, a group that I'm in that you you're going to have to embrace the idea of traffic. It's either going to be paid or organic and they have, you know, pluses yeah. and minuses each, of course. But I like what you're talking about because you are warming up your traffic. It's not necessarily like hot traffic because, you know, just because they've seen you speak on a stage or heard you on a podcast doesn't mean that they know everything about you, but it's also not, you know, a Facebook ad to a completely unknown person. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I do think paid traffic is very valuable, you know, way to get leads. I don't think that it necessarily works for the industry I'm in. Um, I don't know of anybody who would hire a copywriter from an ad. Like I don't, I maybe like a Google ad, you know, where it's kind of going to a targeted landing page, but 
you know, I, I think that there is definitely room for everything within the space. For me, organic worked really well because I didn't really have a timeline. It wasn't like I was like, okay, I need to double my income in a month. It wasn't anything like that. It was more like, okay, let's see if we can get incremental increases in our income. In my income, I'm talking about myself as though I'm a third person and I'm a large corporation. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I'm a one person show. You know, it was like, okay, let's just see what it can do. And it was nice not having any expectations of it. You know, wasn't I, I wasn't planning to double my income. I, I did increase it, you know, 50% year over year, but that was not an expectation. And that was kind of nice. Well, it put you in a different position, right? So because you weren't like clamoring for a specific result, you were able to approach this entire project with not just fresh eyes, but kind of an open mind, which I'm guessing helped you kind of move through some of those mindset issues around showing up. Yeah, for sure. And I did do a lot of mindset work. I'm still doing mindset work. I would love to tell you that I'm all fixed, but I'm not, (laughs) Um, you know, I'm a breath away from turning 50 and I have 50 years worth of stuff on my shoulders. I'm trying to, trying to get rid of. Um, But I think that, I think recognizing that I had mindset issues was really, really probably the most important thing I figured out was that, you know, okay, you have mindset issues. You need to figure this out or this whole experiment is going to probably fade away. Just like, you know, all the money I spent trying to increase my visibility. (laughs) (laughs) So, so since we're talking a little bit about mindset, when you have issues, even today, I'm, cause I know I, you know, the same mindset issues I had two years ago, I probably have today when they come up today and you're being approached with a new opportunity, something that's, you know, again, outside of your comfort zone, do you have anything you do to kind of combat those issues or any processes? Yeah. So one of the biggest things is that I have recognized what my, what, where my mindset is showing up. So for example, for me, procrastination is always a mindset issue. Like, unless it's something I don't want to do, like go for a jog or something which I don't run. So never happens. So there we go. (laughs) Yeah. So if I'm, you know, if I'm like, okay, I need to apply to speak at this conference and I just don't do it. It goes on my schedule every day and gets moved every single day to the next day. I have to sit down and figure out what does that mean and what's going on. And a lot of times it's just listening to the voice in my head. Like, what is it saying? You know, people don't want to hear me. I don't have anything new to teach people, you know, all of those things. And then it's just a matter of saying, you know, that's not true. And sometimes just forcing myself to push past it. I think it gets easier. I don't know that that stuff ever really goes away for most of us, you know, mere mortals anyways. Mere mortals. Actually, that's a a really good transition there. So when it comes to pushing through those mindset issues, you know, you're, you're, you're doing more things now you're increasing your income, you know, each year, as you said, which is a fantastic result. What other things have you seen come along? I mean, has it informed your copywriting at all? Have you made connections that have just opened your eyes to new things? I'd I'd love to hear some non-money related results that you've had with this. Well, I think the number one biggest thing is that I just feel so much more confident in myself as a copywriter. I don't think you can write and speak on a specific topic and not 
eventually come to the realization that, yeah, you do know what you're talking about. And maybe just maybe you have all of these skills that you refused for whatever reason to give yourself credit for. I think that's way more important than money. I feel like I talk so much more confidently about what I do, like in discovery calls and that kind of thing. So I think that's one of the hugest ones. One of the other ones that I've actually never talked about is that like, for example, my husband and I started this little business based on a hobby we've had for a number of years. And we have decided to create like a little course. It's not at all business related. It's furniture work finishing, which is, you know, just random. And I feel like I'm okay with increasing my visibility in a non-business way or in a way that's not copywriting related or marketing related, but using my skills as a copywriter, as a marketer to sell this thing. So I think that's kind of fun is like, you know, doing something with my husband, which he works a regular nine to five job. We don't at all work on the same stuff. So I think that's kind of fun. It's, it's really expanded my horizons in a, in a way that I don't think would have happened if I hadn't started increasing my visibility. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Like a whole new project and something you can do with your spouse, which is fantastic. That wouldn't have happened if you hadn't committed to this. Yeah. It's a hobby that we've done for a long time but we're kind of turning it into a small business together and, and it's been really fun. And I don't know that I would have ever had the, the, you know, the kind of the guts to go for it otherwise. Okay. So the raging introvert inside of me who hates large networking events and therefore conferences kind of fall into that, that category (laughs) wants to know, has this visibility project helped you in those in-person situations at all now that you're committed to showing up? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It has. One of the biggest things for me was that I forced myself because, you know, I was like, well, you're not going to spend all this money going to a conference and then not do any networking. That's really stupid. So one of the things that I did was I figured out how to make myself feel more comfortable at them. So, you know, I create a list of things I do before I go to an event that I, you know, can kind of pull out, like, for example, you know, I figured out that there's a lot of people who feel introverted at, at events. So if I'm feeling uncomfortable and I'm all by myself, which, you know, you go to conference, sometimes you don't know anybody. I look for that person who's sitting all by themselves or standing all by themselves. And I go, it's way easier to go to one person and say, hi, I'm Patty. How are you? Than to go to a group of 10 people and try to like, in, you know, sneak your way into this big circle of people. So, you know, I've done things like that. Same with like, what do I do before podcast? I have like a list of things I do before I go to a podcast because I want to take some of the pressure off of myself. I don't want to sound stupid when I go on a podcast. Like that's everybody's worst fear, right? We all hate the idea of going on a podcast and like sounding dumb. So I think those are kind of some of the things I do is like, I have a list of things to do to make myself feel better and kind of give myself that little bit of, you know, maybe not the comfort zone, but a little bit more of a comfortable zone or at least a prepared zone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's definitely helped me as well. Well, Patty, this has been awesome. Do you have any closing thoughts for us? No, I will say, and this is the first podcast I've done after the copy hackers article, but I got really vulnerable in the copy hackers article And I felt a little bit ill 
before it went live. I knew it was going live on like a Wednesday or something. And I was so uncomfortable. I forced myself to sit with the discomfort of being uncomfortable and nothing bad happened. You know, (laughs) I never had anybody say to me, oh my God, like your stuff is terrible. Or, you know, people were so, so nice. Just like you, like you reached out and, and we never would have connected if I hadn't done that article. Yeah. Lots of people reached out and asked me all sorts of questions. And so I think getting like being vulnerable, increasing your visibility will really open you up to all sorts of new people and new experiences. So don't let that little voice in the back of your head that's telling you not to do it. Don't listen to it. Oh, that's a great way to close this out. Yeah, you're right. We would not have connected outside of that article. And I, for one, have enjoyed this conversation. I know the audience has as well. Thank you. Where can we find you online? So if you want to read more about the Authority Project, kind of the results and some of my tips, you can just go to theauthorityproject.com. I also have a website for my copywriting, just pattyhouse.com. And my last name is haus.com. I'm also on Instagram on both of those. So feel free to hit me up. I'd love to connect with new people, new introverts. Always yeah, my right. favorite people to talk to. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thank you again to Patty. I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm sure you guys could tell that. And again, I just want to reiterate, if you need help in this process, if you need help showing up, if you need help doing some of the things that Patty was able to do in the conversation we had around this, please go ahead and go to contentlab.me. It is the information page all about Content Lab, who the program is right for, how we can help you, and really build your own version of the Authority Project. I am so glad that I was introduced to Patty. I think I forgot to say it earlier, but one of my new internet friends, as I like to call them, that I have built through the FG Society, introduced me to Patty via that article that we were talking about in the interview. And you guys, building a community of people who think like you online is one of the greatest things that you can do for your business. I, I can't tell you how many great ideas I've had that have sparked from something something that someone else said, something that someone else did, something someone else did that I didn't like. (laughs) There are so many times that these ideas come to me as a result of this. And this interview with Patty was all because of that. So thank you to Michael Grega, who introduced the article originally. I so very much appreciate it. And if you guys are looking for help with content strategy, content lab, or the DIY version, show up system is for you. And links to both of those are going to be in the show notes for this episode, as well as links to what Patty was talking about. All right, guys, see you next week. We'll be talking a little bit about how content can actually help you kick imposter syndrome to the curb for good.